Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashams in Johannesburg, South Africa, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we look at the Confederation of African Football Elections as Ahmed Ahmed of Madagascar deposes Issa Hayatu as the leader of African football. Good times for Zambia as they host and win the Under-20 Africa Cup of Nations. And also we focus on head injuries in football. Unfortunate incidents that happen from time to time. We speak to Gambian defender Pa Modu Jan, who suffered a head injury with his Swiss club and took six months to recover. At the moment it happened, you know, it was like falling down from a 3,000 meters. It was really painful. And another entertaining week in the UEFA Champions League as Leicester City reached the quarterfinals. Well, the big news of this week in African football is that the Confederation of African Football has a new president after Ahmed Ahmed of Madagascar beat Issa Hayatu of Cameroon by 34 votes to 20 in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia on Thursday. Remember, Hayatu had been the CAF president for 29 years. Farai Mungazi was at the elections and he sent us this report. Well, Steve, the unthinkable has happened. Isa Hayatu is no longer in charge of African football. This is the man who's been at the top of the tree as far as the African game is concerned since 1988. But uh, Ahmad Ahmad of Madagascar has caused what can only be described here in Ethiopia as a football earthquake, winning by 34 votes to 20. Who saw that coming? No one. But um, it has happened at last. And... Um, Someone remarked when the result was announced that um, the dinosaur has fallen in reference to the fact that um, Issa Hayato is 70 years old. But uh, it's a momentous occasion for African football. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And the man at the center of it all is uh, Philip Chiangwa, the campaign manager for Ahmad Ahmad. In fact, when I spoke to Philip, he said to me, we have liberated African football. This man had to go and I'm elated. That's exactly what um, Philip Chiangwa said. He was mobbed by uh, the supporters of Ahmad. Ahmad as their man was being congratulated. No doubt Philip Chiangwa walking on cloud nine, you know, as the man who orchestrated the coup that got rid of uh, Africa's long-serving football president, Issa Hayatu. But like I said, make no mistake about it, this is a monumental event in the history of African football. In fact, in the whole history of Africa as a continent, because let's remember that football is Africa and Africa is football. That report from Farai Mungazi. He was talking there about Philip Chiangwa. He's the president of the Zimbabwe Football Association and of Kasafa, the Southern African regional football body. Remember, he held a birthday party here in Harare last month and the FIFA president, Gianni Infantino, was the guest of honour. Twelve African Football Association heads attended, including Ahmed, and it was rumoured to be a gathering to build support for Ahmed, although those allegations were always denied. Well, you can tell us what you think about this on Facebook and on WhatsApp. Is the change going to be good for African football? Will Ahmed Ahmed be a good CAF president? Should Africa have stuck with Issa Hayatu? You can post a comment on our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. 
That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Is this good news for African football having a new CAF president? Well, to matters on the field, and this weekend we've got some huge games on as the second legs of the first round in the CAF Champions League and the CAF Confederation Cup are on. In the Champions League, the winners will qualify for the group stage, and here in Zimbabwe, we've got a chance of seeing a huge giant killing act on Sunday as Zimbabwe champions Caps United play five-time African champions TP Mazembe of DR Congo. The first leg ended 1-1 in Lubumbashi, so there is a chance of an upset. In other ties, Zamalek of Egypt have a 4-1 first leg lead over Enugu Rangers of Nigeria. Young Africans of Tanzania were held to a 1-1 draw by Zanoko of Zambia, and the eight-time champions Al-Athli of Egypt only 1-0 winners over Vitz of South Africa. Much more on the Champions League on the show next week. Well, we say huge congratulations to listeners in Zambia as the young Chipolo Polo beat Senegal 2-0 in Lusaka in the Under-20 Africa Cup of Nations final last Sunday. They won all five games, scored 13 goals, conceded only two, and the stadiums were packed at a very successful tournament with two beautiful stadiums used in Lusaka and in Ndola. A great tournament this for the host Solomon. Steve, what a tournament! What a championship for the Zambian football fans. The football fans came out in numbers to the stadium, and it was such a great tournament. The colours and the music and the singing, and not forgetting importantly the skill. It has really shown that you know Zambian football has grown, and Zambian football has secured its its future. And the way they played every game was just. For them, they went out to play in such a way that they know they are playing for their country. They didn't fear the pressure. They didn't feel the pressure. And it's so good to see how much Zambians supported the under-20 team, knowing that this is not the senior team. This is not the real Chipolo Polo. This is the junior Chipolo Polo. And we must learn from the Zambians to support our age group teams. Yes, and Zambia will now bid to host the 2025 Africa Cup of Nations after the success of staging the Under-20 tournament. And Zambia too will go to the Under-20 World Cup in South Korea in May, along with Senegal, Guinea, and South Africa. Exciting for them, Solomon. They've qualified for the World Cup by reaching the semi-finals of the Under-20 Nations Cup. I feel the four teams that got into the last four, they deserve to represent Africa in the Under-20 World Cup. You know, traditionally we have names like Ghana, Nigeria, Cameroon, Egypt, and these names are missing. So it's shown that football in Africa is developing. It's good to have them represent Africa. And、uh, Guinea, one of the qualifiers, is put in Group A with Argentina, England, and also Korea Republic. It's a tough group for them, and we have、uh, Zambia in Group C with Portugal, Iran, and Costa Rica. Zambia has a great chance of making it to the quarterfinal, and South Africa in Group D with Japan, Italy, and Uruguay. Good one for South Africa. South Africa lately has been really putting a lot of its resources in developing younger players, and finally in Group F is Ecuador, USA, Saudi Arabia, and Senegal. Senegal, one of the teams in Africa, and one of the countries that has so much potential and so much talent, they keep producing great football players. 
year in year out and and i feel you know they have what it takes to go uh to south korea play well show who they are what they are really all about Yeah, so we'll see how Senegal and the other three African nations will do at the Under-20 World Cup in May. Thanks a lot, Solomon. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Then you can listen to the show anytime on the app and access past programs too in our archive. You can also listen to the show on our website, planetsportfootballafrica.com, and our Twitter handle is at planetsportfa. You can follow us at planetsportfa on Twitter. Well, now to a difficult and painful topic of head injuries in football. It's always terrible when you're at the stadium and you hear the sound of a clash of heads as two players collide. And head injuries can also come from a heavy fall and in other ways too. Well, Pa Modu Jan is a Gambian defender playing for FC Sion in Switzerland. He suffered a head injury last year, damaging his skull in a league match. Jan was out for six months but is now back playing. Well, Planet Sport Football Africa's Mamadou Ba spoke to Jan when he was in Banjul and found out more about the incident. It was the last uh, action of the game. Suddenly it happened, heading with the right defender. It was a difficult uh, period, but uh, now everything is uh, okay. Thank God. What can you remember um, during when you had that um, that challenge from the defender? I remember everything uh, what uh, was happening. At the moment it happened, you know, it was like... Falling down from a 3,000 meters, uh, it was really painful. But uh, thank God, you know, that all the questions they asked me at that time, you know, I could remember, you know, we did, you know. So everything was okay at the end. The medical team at the stadium, um, one would say they played an integral part in your recovery, um, the first aid that you received. What questions were they asking you? They asked me, uh, you know, what's my name, where I am, what happened, uh, what was this cause, which country I am, you know. I was able to remember everything, you know, and then that's the time they know that, you know, it was not uh, a serious, serious, serious thing, you know, that happened to me. What sort of injury that um, you sustained? It was a fracture from my nose right up to the middle of my head and some little crack this side, you know. I was lucky, you know, I just had a little bleeding, but it was a really, really serious uh, accident. But uh, as I say, thank God, everything went well with the medical staff. They did a very good job. In terms of the aftermath of the injury, did you have any side effects? Were you very ill? I was having a, a lot of headaches, you know, because it's a head injury, so... I was having a lot of injury, a lot of pain in my head. But after all, it was all those kind of things, you know, headache, dizziness, you know. But apart from that, I didn't have anything, you know. Everything was okay. It is a head injury, and of course, you are naturally a defender, even though you started as a forward player back in the days here with Paul Sandy, Gambi under 20. Heading the ball, is it a concern for you now? Even uh, before I start, 
to play in training. I used to wear masks. Still now I'm wearing a mask. You know, I had protect like Peter Check. Mm-hmm. Some of my teammates they always ask me, you know, after training if I'm crazy or not. You know, going doing duels that I was not supposed to. But you know, I didn't put all in my mind. It's just in the head. You know, mm-hmm. I was not thinking that you know I had a head injury. For me, you know, it's not a problem anymore for me. You talked about the club, but um, in more emphasis, how good was the club um, in terms of uh, medication and in your full recovery? I was almost at the end of my career, uh, at the end of my uh, contract. So giving you a contract makes that you know, with your head, you are you are steady. You know, you don't have to think of too much where I am going with this medical team. You know, they were super with uh, Ben Hospital called uh, Incel. They were wonderful. I stayed there at almost 12 days having uh, intensive uh, care. So the club was grateful. They gave me a one-year contract and a two-year extension. So this is, I was really, really proud uh, with the president. He said that I need to sign this guy, you know, because he's a hero, he's a fighter. I know he will come back strong. He's a fighter. That's Pat Modu Jan, a Gambian defender playing for FC Sion in Switzerland, talking there to Mamadou Ba. Well, Stuart Weir joins us from the UK now. Uh, Stuart, uh, head injuries are an unfortunate part of the game. Uh, yes, I mean, interesting, an American university survey found that 60% of college football players received some kind of concussion during one particular season. And, I mean, there's the head injuries which occur through a clash of head or someone being kicked on the head. But there's also, of course, the effect of heading a football over a period of a career which can uh, result in head injury. Sure, yes, that's another aspect. And we see Arsenal goalkeeper Peter Cech wearing a head mask and some other players too. What exactly is the purpose of these masks, Stuart? Well, in October 2006, when Peter Cech was playing for Chelsea against Reading, he collided with a Reading player, Stephen Hunt, and he suffered a depressed skull fracture which resulted in him not playing for three months. And when he came back, he decided that he wanted to wear a head guard simply to protect him from any similar incidents in future. And he has continued to wear it ever since. And you see other players using it uh, in the short term when they're returning from, from a head injury just to give them that extra protection. So that's just short term then for most players. It seems strange maybe then that other goalkeepers, having seen what happened to Peter Cech, don't wear masks themselves? I think that Peter Cech's injury was initially so serious that people thought he might never play again. And some doctors said it could easily have cost him his life. So perhaps he had more reason to want to protect himself in the future. But Steve, I think that football could learn from rugby because rugby has introduced what they call the head injury assessment procedure. If a player gets a blow to the head, he must leave the field. A substitute comes on temporarily and the player is assessed. And the kind of assessment involves him being asked which venue he is playing at, which half of the game, what the score is, uh, who he played against the previous week. He's then asked to repeat certain words back to the doctor. He's asked to listen to, say, three or four numbers and repeat them backwards. 
He's asked to do a walk to see that he's walking straight. And then on the basis of all this and how he's feeling, the doctor decides either that he is okay to return to the field of play or that he isn't. And it seems to me that rugby is taking this much more seriously than football is at the moment and perhaps something football needs to learn from. Another thing to mention is we are finding now in England quite a number of players in their 60s and 70s, for example, suffering from dementia, which is partly due to having headed a heavy leather ball year after year when they when they played professionally. And sadly, several of the England 1966 World Cup winning team are suffering from dementia. Obviously, this is less likely to happen now with the lighter ball and better medical assessment. Um, but it just shows that it is actually a long-standing problem. And while in rugby, a head injury is always accidental, in football, there's, of course, the element of heading the ball, which is part of the game. Well, very sad that some of those former players got dementia from heading the ball over many years. Those leather balls became heavy when wet. Indeed, match balls these days, though, can handle wet conditions well. Thanks, Stuart. Uh, Now we turn to social media. And last week there was disappointment for Arsenal fans across Africa after the Gunners' embarrassing 10-2 aggregate defeat to Bayern Munich in the round of 16 of the UEFA Champions League. Well, manager Arsene Wenger's contract runs out at the end of the season and, as yet, he's not signed a new deal. There have been calls from fans for Wenger to go, but is he still the best man for the club? We asked, should Arsene Wenger stay or should he go? On Facebook, and Lamine Yusufakale in The Gambia says, Arsene Wenger was a great coach before and he's still one of the best technicians in the world of football. However, I think it's high time for him to leave Arsenal. If not, there'll be a crisis at the club like there was last season at Chelsea and has been at Leicester. And part Humble Badgie, also in the Gambia, agrees. He's been a very great man for the team, says Pa, but now is the right time for him to leave. He's had many disappointing seasons in which he should have won lots of trophies but failed, and as his contract is ending this season, let him find somewhere else before he's disgraced by the sack or failing to win a contract extension. On to what's up now, and Emma in Ghana says he's still the best man if he spends money on quality players and gets us the right material. But Dembo Majang in the Gambia says, I'm an Arsenal fan and it's very, very embarrassing. Wenger should definitely leave now. Gemo is in the United States. I hate to see people lose their jobs, says Gemo, but I think Arsenal need to shake things up. The current winning mentality at Arsenal is very poor after watching what Barcelona did against Paris Saint-Germain. I hope they can make changes that will let them challenge for the English Premier League consistently and not just focus on being in the top four every season. To Kenya now, and Odipo Morris says, I personally wouldn't support Wenger leaving. First, there'll be succession issues. What Arsenal needs is to re-examine their player acquisition policy. Coquelin, for instance, doesn't command the midfield. The management needs to push Wenger to crack the whip and find new players with talent that can compete at Champions League level. Olatunde Adeleke in the Gambia says, I think as an Arsenal supporter, it'll be better for Mr Wenger to leave at the end of the season because things are not working for him anymore. 
I support them because of their style of football, just to enjoy football, but not winning trophies is their problem. Yes, it's time for Wenger to leave, says Olatunde. Ishmael Saidu Kanu in Sierra Leone agrees that it's time for the Arsenal boss to go. I believe Wenger should leave as soon as possible, says Ishmael. The fans are not happy, certain players are not okay, and even the world is not pleased with Wenger. Taking his exit would be the nicest thing for the club. If that happens, Arsenal will surely have a new face and a new passion of winning trophies under a new manager. Alagi Manga is a Gambian living in Italy who says Arsenal should let Wenger leave if they want to win titles. They're going down the table and they'll keep going down until they let him go. Basaiku Sise in the Gambia says, I'm an Arsenal fan. We've been suffering for a long time. The best decision for both Wenger and the club is that we let Wenger gently exit. I personally like Arsene Wenger, but the club needs a change in style of football and also world-class players to win important trophies. We need Diego Simeone from Atletico Madrid, says Basaiku. Also, we had a couple of voice notes on this on WhatsApp. Here's Ebrima Jami in the Gambia. Wenger should step down, man. If not, Arsenal will never win nothing, man. They will never win nothing, man. I'm really feeling bad about them, man. Arsenal is a big team, man. At least since 2003, they haven't won a cup. Wenger should go now. Wenger should go, man. Enough is enough. Wenger out. And also in the Gambia, we heard from Sambu One. In the side of Arsenal, I think Wenger should go for good. Because it's a disgrace to Arsenal seeing them losing 10-2 in goal aggregate. That one is unacceptable and no one should accept that one from Wenger. Wenger should go, go, go for good. I'm not an Arsenal fan, but I am really shocked of what, what happens to Arsenal. Because if an English team is humiliated, all English fans should not be happy with that. Thanks for those. Now here's an interesting comment from Obina in Nigeria. A good visitor knows when to leave, says Abina. Wenger has really overstayed his welcome, so he needs to leave Arsenal as soon as possible. It's really an SOS situation because he's become an embarrassment to the club and to the beautiful game of football. Arsenal needs a breath of fresh air because Arsene has lost touch with reality. Mohamed I. Kinte in the Gambia is a Manchester United supporter. He says, as a Man U fan, I think it is high time now for Wenger to leave so that Arsenal can have a younger coach who'll think about the modern way of football rather than the old ways. I think those days are gone when Wenger can win the Premier League for the club. Also, I think the players are not willing to play for him anymore as they want to win trophies, which is the case with Alexis Sanchez. And finally, Kelvin in Kenya says, I've been an Arsenal supporter for quite a while now, and my opinion is that Wenger is the best coach ever in England. Despite not winning cups, he has built trust in his players, he's built their talents, and a lot more. Yes, we are disappointed, but we still have faith that he's going to make a comeback. I still believe in him, says Kelvin. But uh, the overwhelming verdict from a Planet Sport Football Africa listeners is clearly that it's time for Wenger to leave. Thanks for all of those comments. Fantastic to hear from you. Let's go to the UEFA Champions League now. And Leicester produced a huge result midweek, beating Sevilla 2-0 to win their round of 16 tie 3-2 on aggregate. Well, Stuart, the Foxes back to their amazing best of last year there. Leicester City's game was just so good because they played like the Leicester of last season. They were fearless, they attacked, they were a goal down from the first leg and they won 2-0. 
Casper Schmeichel's penalty save was crucial, but they were worthy winners. Manchester City went to Monaco 5-3 up on the first leg, but they lost 3-1. And what surprised me most about that game was that Yaya Torre was on the bench and was not used. I mean, to me, a player of his experience to be in the midfield, calming things down, controlling it, would have been such a good move. And uh, Kelechi Iheanacho, the Nigerian player, did come on, but only for the last 10 minutes. Now, some people will say that Manchester City were unlucky to go out on away goals, and in a sense they are. But look, they know the rules of the competition. Uh, They needed to stop Monaco from scoring. And, you know, Monaco were two up quite early in the first half. City got one back, but then... Monaco scored the late goal to win it. So somehow Manchester City just didn't seem to know how to play the game and uh, they were really not at the races in the first half. Uh, They gave Monaco uh, the first half to play, scored two goals. And so I, at the end of the day, have not a lot of sympathy for Manchester City. And Monaco uh, had two of their Africans on the pitch. Almadi Touri from Mali, Nabir Dirar from Morocco. Incidentally, just to mention the African performance of the round, I'd have to go for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who scored three goals for Dortmund uh, against Benfica, taking them through. It's another amazing season in the UEFA Champions League. And Stuart, in the English Premier League last weekend, Senegal striker Uma Nias scored twice for Hull City as they beat Swansea 2-1. Nias was bought by Everton for around $17 million February of last year, but hardly featured for the club, and the loan to Hull seems to have revived his career. Well, first of all, we need to say what an important win it was for Hull, particularly against uh, Swansea City, one of their relegation rivals. Now, Niasi was at Everton for a year, but he only got two Premier League starts and three sub-appearances. Everton had signed him from Lokomotiv in Russia, but again, he'd been a bit part player there. He had one season in Turkey and a bit in Norway. So he really wasn't an established player. An interesting decision by Everton to sign him. And then, of course, they didn't play him. But since he's been at Hull, he has scored three Premier League goals, and they've all been vital ones. The two against Swansea, which gave him the points, and also he scored in their brilliant victory over Liverpool. He is clearly a valuable asset to the squad, and interesting that perhaps just playing regularly is giving him the confidence to go on and establish himself. Let's hope for his sake that Hull stay up, because he has had other clubs where he hasn't quite made it. Yeah, sure. Um, And you have something to do with history for us, Stuart. Steve, I want to talk to you about the Kings of England. Uh, Josh King of Bournemouth scored three goals as Bournemouth beat West Ham 3-2. He also had a strange statistic that he became the first person to take a penalty in the first half of three consecutive appearances. The other king, sadly, is Tom King, who was in goal for Millwall in the FA Cup quarterfinal against Tottenham. But sadly, he had six goals put past him. So not quite such a memorable day for him. Um, Steve, I don't know whether you've noticed how management can sometimes run in the family. And when Darren Ferguson manages Doncaster in two more games. He and his father, Sir Alex, 
will have managed 2,000 games between them. What an amazing record. And the next biggest is the Cloughs. Brian Clough, manager of Nottingham Forest in their glory days, and his son Nigel are over 1,800 games between them. And amazingly, there are 10 father and sons who have managed over 1,000 games between them. Well, uh, that is amazing. Thanks a lot, Stuart. Uh, That's it for the show for this week. The big game in the English Premier League this weekend is Manchester City against Liverpool on Sunday and lots of games in the CAF Champions League and the Confederation Cup. More on those on the programme next week. Well, on Facebook and WhatsApp, we're asking, as the Confederation of African Football has a new president, Ahmed Ahmed of Madagascar, who's beaten Issa Hayatu of Cameroon for the position of CAF president, is the change going to be good for African football? Was it a wise decision? Should Africa have voted to stay with Hayatu? Send us your thoughts on Facebook. Our page is Planet Sport Football Africa. Our WhatsApp number plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Is it good to have a new president of the Confederation of African Football? Well, from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashams in South Africa, and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening, and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.